0: And I'm Allie. And it's about, about time, time for, for true
1: crime. crime. Hey. Hi. How are you guys? How is your week going? How's your weekend? Um, ATFTC fam has been in a slump this week. We'll be real. Oh, I was for real. sick all weekend and then I got Allie sick. And now I went to a very
0: invasive doctor's appointment to mm-hmm. which I said, "Looks like I will be inviting you to my holiday party because you know me so well now." Um, and they laughed, and I left, and it was great. It was great <laughs> until
1: all of it. Yes, um, so <laughs> until it started. Yeah. So, if you've got two snotty girls here, how the hell have you guys been doing? <laughs> snotty in
0: like the phlegm, germy, disgusting way. Sexy. Yes.
1: Yes, very funny, very nasally. Sorry about it. Um, Not sorry enough not to do the podcast, though, but Mm -hmm. sorry about it. Um, Because of that, Ellie and I probably will not be having super long intros for the next day or two. But just a little reminder here for you all that you still have some time to get back into that t-shirt contest. Hop on our Instagram. It's about time for True Crime Pod with periods in between all the words or it's in our show notes right below all you gotta do is comment tag a friend or share a post that's it
0: mm-hmm. or you can just email us and recommend a case that you want just say hey yeah
1: um which speaking of hey there have been a couple of you that did that and it just makes our little hearts so warm and full and happy and gives us a little warm fuzzies
0: it's very nice and especially to just know that the There are a lot of you who we do not know personally, but that you do tune in and you do enjoy hanging out with us as much as we enjoy hanging out with you. And that's just really fun. And we're happy to be here and we're happy to be doing this shindig.
1: It's true. We are so lucky. We have the best little people in the world. We have the best little
0: fam. Little community. We're loving it.
1: Well, on that note, um, to show some of our gratitude, this week I'm actually going to be doing a case Or not a case, actually, a CJ short, deep dive, special topics, etc. On to a topic that was requested, which was female killers.
0: Yes, so this request came in from Celeste. Hey, Celeste. So, hi,
1: Celeste, we heard you, and please enjoy. We are hoping that we do this justice, and of course, we have plenty more to talk about after this. But I thought for the time being, we do kind of a nice little overview as to what it actually looks like to be a female killer and what those crimes look like overall. Are you speaking from experience? Uh-huh. Or mm-hmm. yeah. As one of them? Yeah. Um, I for am a y- serial speaking killer. For your community. I freaking love Reese's Pieces. <laughs> uh, no, Reese's Puffs. That's it. Reese's Puffs. Reese's Puffs. Oh my. That brings me back. I know. Um, that's, like, an intrusive thought of mine, <laughs> is the Reese's puffs rap.
0: I was just thinking, I'm a serial killer of plants, and I don't mean to. Like, not all of mine die. Yeah. But a good percentage of them that people would be like, she had five last time, and she's got two now. Like, the, what happened to those? The thing is, anybody with a green thumb
1: has just killed enough plants that- they know how to keep the next one alive. Like, I'm convinced. Nobody so, I'm, not th- I'm just not there yet? Right. You just haven't had your, like, aha moment yet. Okay. Well, I that also makes me feel a
0: little bit better because I try, like, I get these cute little succulents yeah. at, like, Walmart or Home uh. Depot or something like that. And you're like, oh, they well, are well, like, $3. Like, you're coming home with me. And then three days later, I look and I'm like, I didn't even touch you. How did <laughs> you
1: like, they're so aggressive and so dainty. I don't get the whole, like fanaticism behind succulents because they're so finicky they are like fickle little bitches but weren't they just supposed to be easy they were that's the thing everybody sold them as like an easy plant but the thing is i'm convinced they're only easy if you live in the fucking desert where they grow normally um for me the best plant i've had is a string of hearts It's so fucking easy. I never water it. I just leave it in my window. I think it might technically be a succulent, but it's trailing. So it's just really pretty and long and it grows like a fiend and I water it once a month pretty much. Um, I water it when I can. Drama free, low maintenance. Yeah. And it's nice because the plant tells you it needs water before it actually dies of needing water or dies of overwatering um the little leaves are like thick oh we love communication firm, right it's healthy <laughs> um but once they get squishy like if you can kind of fold a leaf in half then it needs to be watered and that's it that's the whole trick it's oh my so God. good
0: See, I have this bad habit of walking through the like, little plant aisles at any mm-hmm. of the stores, and you know I want to take them all home. Yeah, and then I have to look up which ones are poisonous to cats because then Mia's a fiend. You guys have heard that yeah. here; she's knocked over my plants before. She chews on them. She does whatever she wants. So wow. then I found this like cute little cactus, and like you know when you drive by a car accident and you you don't want to no, look but you have yeah, to mm-hmm. i'm that way with like touching a cactus like i, I don't want to touch it i don't want it to but hurt you but i just to i just have to know yeah and every time i do it hurts like a bitch uh-huh. sometimes one gets stuck in my finger and i hate that i hate yep. needles i hate like <laughs> prickly things and i don't know why i
1: hate myself but i do it every goddamn time spider plants are my favorite for cats because they're hallucinogens for them so she's just like she's a hearing colors fiend. and seeing sounds yeah and living the living the dream i have two at home right now and newton if i leave them down he'll just chew on them so now i bring them down as like a treat i'm like you can chew on a leaf like <laughs> 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 you want to see a gnome in the corner buddy here you go oh my god and then after like 15 minutes He's just I'll, tripping balls yeah but i have to keep them up high because otherwise he will eat the whole damn thing so oh. it's a, it's a balancing act for sure i like it but i will say this most plants if you google if they're toxic to pets will say that they are so long as mia can taste something and go Ugh, i don't like that and she won't eat it again you're fine see i think she's like me though and she's
0: like a repeat offender like even <laughs> even if like with the cactuses i cacti cactuses? cacti cacti oh yeah. god um if i know it's gonna hurt I still have to do it, and I Fair. feel like she's gonna. She'll be like, "I know this is gonna taste putrid." We're just one bite. Take just a, a bite. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah, that's the one nice thing about Newton is he will take a taste out of every leaf I bring home, and I can bring home up to like mildly toxic plants because he'll take a like, not even a full bite. He won't put any in he'll his like mouth. Lick he'll lick just it and he's a like, bite done. and he's like, "Um, ew, ew, <laughs> bye." And then he doesn't bother. And then he'll, like,
0: claw at your hand
1: to um, punish you for it. Exactly. What a dick. (laughs) Um, Also dicks. Female killers. Okay. I know that anatomy doesn't really work out, but it does if you feel the vibes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I'm feeling that vibe, but I'm ready to talk about it. All right. So, today... So, I did just want to talk about female killers today. I want to talk about a few examples of these women, some of the criminology behind these actions, and also how we can use this information to further interpret what we're seeing when we look at these cases. Ooh. Ooh. So, first thing first, I'm going to talk about some lingo. Um, This is also kind of just a PSA at the beginning because, obviously, um, I know on the internet the world is advancing, but... you know. You know what, like all of the stats that we have aren't always that. So I wanted to talk about some of the lingo that we're using today. Female killers is a group of killers categorized by being assigned female at birth. While gender identity and exploration are relatively newly accepted as a topic that we're talking about, like I said, these aren't always the case in statistics and research. So historically, this has not been the case. And so when I talk about female killers, I will just stick to she, her, hers pronouns. And also, um, unless otherwise noted, I'm going with assigned female at birth for the killer, but I'm going to be using layman's terms like female and woman and women. So just a little heads up, I respect the hell out of any of the gender exploration stuff that's out there. But since that's not what we're talking about today, I'm just doing a brief overview that this is what I mean when I'm talking about female killers just pretty much having a uterus when you're born. So I'm taking most of my research today from the Department of Justice, but as well as a few scholarly articles, as always, if you guys wanted to check out the sources, they're always listed in the show notes below. Um, If they're not listed out, they are linked in numbers. And I just wanted to give a quick notice on this because I've had to do it a few times now. Not a ton, but we only have so many characters in our show notes. And when our links or our resources are too long, I do just have to link them to shorten that up so that we can give them all to you. So if you can't read them, you can still click on them and it will open up in your browser. Just a heads up. Um, I thought that was funny because Allie had one that had like f- 28 resources, I think, at one point. Oh, I know. And I was like, oh, my God, I have to hyperlink them all. So, <laughs> so And, I just had to and come we down appreciate you for yes. it. Love you so much. And I've had to do it for myself, too. So I totally get it. But I was just like, all right, how many do I have to go? And like, how many do I have to go through before I get down below 4,000 characters? Let's oh, see. No. <laughs> all right. So anyway, now that that's out of the way, let's talk about women that offend in general. So according to the Department of Justice, females made up for about 51 and percent of the population in 1998. The reason I'm sharing this is because a lot of the statistics and the research that they did came out in a report shortly after this, and that was the census that they used. Now, the reason that I'm talking about that um, is because in order to apply to today, we need to understand sort of how that population has fluctuated, and today we're actually very similar. We're at 50.5% of the population being female, so we can actually correlate a lot of these numbers with Pretty good confidence that they are going to hold up in terms of longevity, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Because a difference of like one percent in the population is not going to make a big difference in your statistical analyses. Why? Thank you. Um, sorry. I like stats a lot because they make sense to me, but also they're super boring. So I try to make some of it a little entertaining. <laughs> oh my god, stats terrible. It, it was bad. Stats are terrible. Is are are. Is or. whatever. just depends on the day. Apparently. And how many you're looking at, I guess. All right. Um, but anyway, so yay, it's not really going to be much of a problem that we're using data from 1998. This is actually a very good thing. So now that that's out of the way, women in the criminal justice system are not seen frequently. Despite the fact that we make up over half of the population, the DOJ estimates that actually there's only about 14% of violent offenders that are female. So that is really... I want to say underwhelming in the offender population, but not in like a, oh damn, I wish there was more just in like that is not proportionate to the way that the world population is made up at all. It's not an even split, which makes sense if you're like looking into aggression and testosterone and all that. But you know, just so we know Um, that being said, that still leaves about 2.1 million of these violent offenders as women. That's a lot. Um, And in the same report from the Department of Justice, which I'm going to interchangeably say Department of Justice and DOJ, they mean the same thing. About three out of four of these women who commit violent offenses or about 75 percent were simple assaults. So not our lethal ladies. But that still leaves about five million women that are arrested for violent offenses that aren't simple assaults, so primarily murder. Uh so let's dive in. Again, I know I'm hammering in that these women are not typical, but straight from the DOJ, I just wanted to quote this about one female for every 77,000 women is a murderer. Ooh. So like we're pretty safe gender in regards to murder. I would kind of agree with that. Yeah. Um so just interesting, but One positive to note here is that crime as a whole is on the decline. Mm -hmm. Yay! I know you wouldn't know that if you watch the news because if it bleeds, it leads and all that jazz. But according to reports, it's actually been trending downward as a whole, which is cool. Um, That being said, females, according to the DOJ, are far more likely to kill a spouse or an intimate partner than anybody else. So I wanted to talk a little bit about victim-offender relationships. Yeah, we are. I think that's going to tell us a lot about the different kinds of female offenders that we have, and then we'll talk a little more about what that looks like in terms of motive and kind of some other things to note. So females, according to the DOJ, are far more likely to kill that spouse or intimate partner, with reports of about 28.3% of those victims being spouses. But interestingly enough, and I did actually think this was fascinating, um, only about 1.6 of these victims were exes. So it was all current spouses and partners.
0: Oh, that is interesting. I always, that...
1: You always think jealous ex-girlfriend or something like that. Right? Like a, like Shauna two weeks ago. Idiot. No, most of it is the current partner. And so then I was thinking, though, that actually makes some sense because I was remembering all the way back to episode four when I covered Catherine Knight. And she was one of those that she... Did not love her spouses, Mm-mm. especially not when they're not having enough sex with her. But you know what? I guess she ha- you know.
0: had had a higher libido than them. Yeah,
1: yeah. Apparently, um. So yeah, definitely a higher libido and a pretty killer one at that too. <laughs> oh my god, we were due for a dad joke. Uh, but her victims were always spouses. Um, And whether that was from the literal tons of physical assault or the actual murders that she completed, it actually does kind of make sense to me. Because she was one of those that, like, once she moved on, she was entirely moved on. She, like, did not give a shit about whoever was behind her. It was Mm -hmm. always about who was in front of her. So I guess that makes sense. And another good example of this would be, like, Nancy Brophy, who you just covered um, a few weeks ago, where she killed her husband for life insurance. And it was her husband. Like, Mm mm-hmm. Her current husband.
0: And then also the giggling granny. Uh, I also have her in
1: here. Yes. Well, she killed, what, five of her husband? Uh Actually, eight. St- it was somewhere between eight to 11. Eight to 11 people. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So five of her all husbands, fami- All
0: relatives. Every single one of them a family member, which also goes with the stats, right? Because it's always somebody that you know. Right. It's typically some kind of relative. And in this case, I want to say it was four of her husband's of the five that she yeah. had.
1: Yes, that's right. Because the one that was a dickwad. Yeah, the very first existing. one. Yeah. He never ate her food, which ended up working <laughs> out
0: well for him. I'm sure we're going to get to the the modes of murder.
1: Yes, a little bit. Not a ton, but we'll touch on it. So <laughs> the only thing I said in reference to Nanny that we were just talking mm-hmm. about um, was I was like, girlfriend, that's a lot of husbands. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> like, I, that sounds exhausting. How you keep going? I'd be like, you know what? I'm fine with my yarn crafts and like some tea. <laughs> It is so much paperwork to change your name, and she did that five times. So many times. And to get divorced, too. Dang, girl. Oh, anyway. Or, I mean, is it really divorce if you murder them? I don't know. No, I
0: mean, but to be widowed that many times intentionally.
1: Yeah. Damn. I mean, I feel like you still have to grieve Asshat, who murdered, but, like, you're still losing a husband. That seems wild. I think she just wanted the money. Yeah, that's fair. I have empathy. I forget about that. I know, not everybody has empathy. I know, isn't that weird? Come on, Apple Dabble. Anyway, so with those two statistics that we looked at, Mm -hmm. we see that women who kill partners, whether or not they're current or an ex, still only make up about 30% of these killers. So it's interesting because it's reported that about 60% of women who are killers kill intimate partners or family members, which of course includes that 30% of women. So basically... 30% of victims are family members Mm -hmm. in that way as well. So Giggling Granny fits in both. Yes, she sure does. Um, And whether that's nuclear family that you're raised in, like killing a mom or a dad, or killing children, like Miss Giggling Granny, Mm -hmm. um, it should be noted that that all counts as family here. So it doesn't really differentiate in terms of whether or not it was... A, A blood relative or not. Right, blood relative, or if it was i don't know a generation above you or below you it doesn't really note that but it is all family yeah
0: she got them all she got her mom her sister her husband her kids what a fucker
1: and her grandkids she hit
0: every every single generation oh
1: my gosh i have a little selfie with four generations of my family she knocked out four generations of her family yeah she didn't get the picture no 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 wow anyway yeah (laughs) so Definitely heartbreaking. And one of my favorite professors actually gave me a quote that I feel like really fits in here, which was, and to be fair, this could be from someone else. I just remember it coming from this professor. So mm-hmm. I'll just note that. But they said men kill when they need power and women kill when they feel like they're losing it. I can see that. And I feel like a lot of times with the families and with the intimate partners, it is about losing control. Like you feel like your life is going to spin out if you're not doing that thing Mm -hmm. um, from some of the stories that we looked at. So I just thought that was really interesting. And I think that makes a lot of sense when looking at this victimology. So women who kill family members, I think we can all think of a few big names. Mm -hmm. So we'll talk about the victimology of people that kill People in their family. I wanted to talk about one big one and then I wanted to talk about one that was very interesting. So the big one would be Andrea Yates. And I think a lot of people know about this one if you're into true crime. Um, This is a woman who, in a psychosis state, actually drowned all five of her children in a bathtub. I remember that. Yes. And it was super sad because while I was reading through it and looking at her life, basically she went from the valedictorian of her high school to such a psychotic mess and that is not like derogatory I'm not saying that to be demeaning I mean like she was literally in psychosis and she could not be left alone she ended up being left alone for an hour like not purposefully and that's when she drowned all five of her kids and so that is obviously a losing control kind of killing that we're talking about that's terrifying right And the other one that I think a lot of people think about when they hear women who kill like children and their family members like that would be Casey Anthony. Despite the fact that she was acquitted, um, I think that one's very interesting because, you know, Netflix made that a big deal. Everybody is sort of kind of got in on that right at the up switch up switch uptick of interest in true crime and especially the idea that how could this beautiful
0: young mother right hurt her beautiful baby girl and could a woman be capable of that and then the trial that was all publicized and what whatever you believe I guess is 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 your choice I mean legally she was found
1: not guilty right um which is just fascinating but it's really interesting actually because I was reading through some profiles of serial killers that are women. Um, and something that was fascinating to me was that 92% of them were found to be, quote-unquote, above-average attractiveness. Interesting. Which I think is so backwards in a lot of our minds. I think everyone's, like... I think pretty privilege definitely plays into being a woman committing crime. You know what I mean? hmm So just... It's so fascinating to me that that is kind of tied in there obviously we know casey was acquitted and she's not guilty in the eyes of the law but fascinating that i think people latch onto that almost more because she was so attractive and she yeah. was this young little thing
0: i think if she was this grotesque right you know phantom looking person they'd be like yeah whatever of course she did and move on right yeah the same age same demographic same everything make her
1: ugly changes the game it really does and also, y- you know, especially with Casey, like she's just got a very sweet looking face. Mm-hmm. And I think people associate that with the nurture and the maternal genes. Absolutely. And so this whole idea that someone who could be maternal and could be nurturing and sweet and cute could murder a baby. And the expectation is that she should have been all of those
0: things. Right. And if she looks the part, then she must have been. And then yes. she, c- she couldn't possibly be capable of that horrific crime
1: or she's such a bitch. She has no feelings whatsoever. That kind of thing. It's very much that dichotomy we'll get into a little bit later, but I just think that's a really interesting example of where people kind of sank their teeth into women killing family members. Mm -hmm. But another one that I particularly find fascinating, and I do actually want to do this as a case later on, but it's the gypsy Rose Blanchard case. Yes. And it's, interesting in here because i don't think that we see um psychological retaliation as a huge reason for murder but i wanted to go over this a little bit because she obviously does fit in that criteria she is a woman who murdered her mother a family member with the help of her boyfriend her boyfriend being gypsy's boyfriend not mm-hmm. her mother's so if those of you are listening to this and you don't know about this case just a little bit of context Gypsy's mother, Dee Dee Blanchard, had a severe case of Munchausen by proxy. And this is a mental illness that essentially makes someone or guides someone, because I do fully believe you're responsible for your own actions. Um, they sort of create false illness in someone else so that they can be the caretaker. Um, it, it frequently occurs in mothers towards children. But, I, you know, I think I think I know of some people that have done it to, like, friends and people that they're just quite close to. I think... I think people could do
0: it to spouses too, and, and right. to be the the nurturing caretaker of a partner as
1: well. Right, and so I mean that's th- not the by. Bi- well, but I guess that's by proxy still, right? It's all by proxy. So by proxy is to someone else. If right. you have Munchausens, you could be like hurting yourself, making yourself for that. ill for attention. Right, and this whole by proxy thing, I think, adds a layer of complication because it also adds this layer of heroicism where people are like oh my gosh you're such like a giving selfless person for being this caretaker to somebody mm-hmm. else who's sick not knowing and like any of the wiser that that person isn't sick and this is exactly what happened with gypsy so her mother had claimed and these are all false claims but claimed that gypsy had chronic conditions including leukemia asthma and muscular dystrophy and she had the quote-unquote mental capacity of a seven-year-old due to brain damage from being born a preemie. And not a single one of these things was true. No. In fact, she took it so far she had all of Gypsy's teeth removed. She Horrible. would routinely shave her head. Gypsy was only allowed to eat out of a feeding tube, so she wasn't allowed to eat. And she just had a feeding tube put in her. Yes. And the thing is... it kind of corresponded with Katrina so a lot of people were like oh the medical records were just lost and it's like no there was no actual condition ever wrong with this girl like that it was just perfect timing it was
0: the perfect storm for that mother to do that to
1: her and so Didi lied about all of this and ah, I don't know it just it makes me feel so icky to think about a full-grown woman having to be treated like an infant because her mom wants to take advantage of being a selfless caretaker and that reputation or taking advantage of, like, community services. They let Habitat for Humanity build a fucking house for them. I
0: know. Like, that crime was so multifaceted because not only did she horribly abuse her daughter, robbed her of a childhood, robbed her of everything that could have given her any kind of typical life, isolated her from everybody she knew. Right. She also scammed insurance companies, scammed doctors, scammed Habitat for Humanity. She scammed Gypsy. Scammed, but scammed all of these resources that just affected so much more than just Gypsy.
1: Yes, no, it's true. And I guess when I say scammed, like, I mean, she, beyond all of just the psychological trauma and abuse of all of that, she also became, you know, the legal guardian after Gypsy turned 18. So she had all sorts of, power well i don't know if it was legal guardian it might have been um power of attorney power or of attorney like that. yeah but basically she had all of these rights and she could do whatever she wanted with gypsy's money whatever mm-hmm. she wanted with gypsy's income from disability or ssi or any of those things they were gathering so it is insanely multifaceted but gypsy is the one that killed her mom and gypsy's the one that's in prison right now yes and actually i i just I do like to say this just because I feel like it's worth saying. Gypsy has been quoted in prison saying that she feels more free in prison with her mom dead than she ever did outside. I can absolutely understand how she might feel that way. Yes. And if you guys are interested in watching more on this or learning more about it, Hulu has a series called The Act. I would definitely encourage you to watch it but I would also encourage you not to only look at that for information on the case because Gypsy actually I believe was not uh, allowed to really comment on it and I don't think she really liked how it was done she's she's given some exclusive interviews
0: I want to say one to Piers Morgan because I believe I've seen that one I mean like with all things right with all dramatizations don't take Mindhunter as okay this is how profiling worked right don't take the Dahmer series that just came out on Netflix for actually what happened to like with Jeffrey Dahmer and with the victims that's a dramatization it's supposed to be biting and catchy and, and pretty and whatever and they're gonna make it look a certain way so that it's palatable for you to watch it. Well, that's not that's not always real life, right?
1: Yeah, it's also not a history book. So things that can be pertinent to know can be left out because they're not important to the plot line or vice versa, they can be added in because it makes a plot line. Or they get tweaked because it doesn't fit the plot that they want to work with, right? We know right. that.
0: And hey, let's not pretend that doesn't happen in non, you know, yeah. <laughs> non Hulu specials, okay? That that's just the way that the world is right now. So,
1: just wanted to throw that out there. But I do actually think It's a good series to sort of dip your toe into. Gets a little bit weird, just a heads up later on, but it is good. Um, And I actually like that they do, I think, humanize Gypsy a lot, which I think is personally important to note because obviously this crime and this female killer killed because it felt like a psychological necessity. Um, she wasn't given any other choice and what uh, I think the what the most
0: damaging thing that the mo- well maybe not the most damaging but a very damaging thing her mom did was lie about her age oh consistently she thought she was something like 14 and she was really maybe 20 yeah and it was but she was like mal malnourished because she they her mom wanted her to look so young and so whatever I mean she did horrible things to that young girl and then that she finds out that she's of age she should be be in charge of her money right.
1: She doesn't have these health issues. So fascinating. I think she actually lied about the age multiple times because she aged out of multiple programs. Mm-hmm. And so by lying about getting her a younger age, she was. Uh, Locking I, in some of those services. Yes, and I hate to say it this way, but like kids that are ill get a lot more love and affection and attention and money than adults that are ill. Mm-hmm. Because kids that are ill are cuter than adults that are ill.
0: And the mom knew that. She got so much attention. But it's like, wow, hey, for like two decades
1: now, your <laughs> 12-year-old's been sick, huh? Uh-huh. I mean, come on. Well, and, uh, like, I don't know. I have some very weird sensory things. My mouth is a big one. I hate watching things where people have, like, teeth ripped out. Like, I don't even like watching little kids, like, wiggle a loose tooth. It, like, gives me the heebie-jeebies. Mm-hmm. But she knocked out all of her daughter's teeth mm-hmm. for no reason. Yeah, no medical
0: reason. And then you wonder, how were those doctors convinced to do that? Yes. Did, so they just go ripping teeth out of kids' mouths for no reason? I mean, well, I guess adults, There were adult teeth. I mean, I don't know. Or putting in feeding tubes. I know. Like, you have to create
1: a pathway for that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an invasive surgery. That's horrible. And then Gypsy had to be wheeled around in a wheelchair despite the fact that she could walk. So, like, of course, she's not really developing leg muscles. She's getting pushed around all day, but she's not allowed to walk around She's scolded she if she does. So, anyway. We could go on about this. This one is fascinating to me. Obviously, I have a little um, niche interest in it, but Horrible this crime. is another woman who kills someone in her family. And so I think it's worth noting that it, it's insane how many women do this? Like the fact that it's almost a third of all victims of female killers are family members is to me, I feel like shockingly high. Maybe I'm just blessed with a really nice family, but like,
0: (laughs) but it's just interesting that all
1: of these different
0: circumstances that right can lead to that doesn't have to be, Oh, well it's the jealous ex or it's the wife who wants the insurance money. It doesn't have to be that there's a bunch of
1: different ways that that happens. Yes, and you guys, if you just heard me go, ugh, oh, it was because my ears just popped twice and it felt so good. Oh, I love that for you. Oh, okay. Anyway, so. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> female killers kill acquaintances also highly. So mm-hmm. it's 32%, which is more than both intimate partners and family members in their own categories, which also makes a lot of sense. And when I say acquaintances, I mean acquaintances. I don't mean strangers because... Strangers make up less than 8% of victims that are killed by women. Um, And strangers would be like one off on the street. You're walking by. It's a drive by. This person's dead now. But acquaintances um, are usually people that you have sort of an arm's length relationship with. And a really great example of this would be this typology of women who kill um, that are kind of known as those quote unquote angels of death so like nurses that will go to or nurses or midwives that will kill patients or babies and plenty of women have been known in this typology you know what I mean Um, but also uh, just like a fun little fictional case of this would be in the misery by Stephen King it might just be misery by Stephen King Um, but Annie Wilkes who's the female lead in this book is revealed to have been Convicted of killing many patients and specifically babies in her whole career as a nurse. Terrifying. I don't know if you've heard of this. I think you would actually love this movie. I have not. So this uh, Stephen King film book, I've watched the movies because ADHD, mm-hmm. but um, the movie, great. And what happens is it's this like famous author who everybody loves and he goes off the road in a snowstorm and then his number one fan takes him back and nurses him back to health and she's lying this whole time about the blizzard being like having the roads closed and the phones down and she's actually just holding him hostage oh my god and she's healing him and it's so torturous it's so good and stephen king actually wrote it as like a parallel to the demand of his fans it's fascinating you should definitely watch it oh that's an interesting take i love that but one of the plot twist and i don't think it's revealing too much because the whole thing is like you know this is happening um it's
0: also how many years old
1: right exactly uh if you're mad about the spoiler alert i'm sorry you're a little late but just a wee bit during this whole thing he kind of gets to look around the house and he finds her you know selection of newspaper clippings that gives him the background (laughs) you know like they always have um and it's the nurse and all of the babies that have died under her care and all of that. So it's just like a good fictional example of this. But real life examples are much less entertaining and obviously far more concerning. So one good example of this is Janine Jones, who was a woman in one of these roles. She had twenty-four infant murders charged to her. Oh my God. They suspect her of nearly fifty infant deaths, though. Oh, that 50 infants. Stop. I'm going to throw up. I know. Horrible. And obviously it's like nauseating, but it seems that kind of similar to that Munchausen by proxy, Janine really, really loved adrenaline and drama. So she would like give these babies illnesses or conditions that she could save them from once they were close to death and she could be The hero that saved them. It's like the firefighter that starts the fire so they can put it out. Exactly. No, exactly that. And so, unfortunately, she killed a lot more than she, like, saved.
0: She didn't get there in time, did she? No.
1: What a piece of shit. For nearly 50 babies? Yeah, go fuck yourself. But that's exactly what this is kind of related to. I think a lot of healthcare profession murders are about that it's Mm -hmm. about wanting to save it it's about wanting to figure out how to fix it how to solve it how to get that reputation and popularity by being Mm -hmm. the hero so just fascinating and another example of women who kill acquaintances could be our friend dorothy puente oh dorothea puente sorry Um, she scammed a lot of elderly individuals. So she ran this like boarding house for elderly people and she would take them in and be like, I'll take care of them. Don't even worry about it. She was horrible. Uh Uh-huh. And she would just collect their mail, which would always include, you know, their retirement, disability, social security, any of that pocket it herself. And then eventually she would overdose them on medication that they had or that she had. And she would either bury them in her backyard or put them in a river.
0: I, wasn't her home nicknamed the Murder House or, yeah. like, the House of Horror or something? Because so
1: many people would go in and they would never come out? Murder House. House of Horror is different, but yeah. Oh, okay. Um okay. Just fascinating. They'd all go in. Nobody would come out because they all died. And everybody was like, yeah, normal because they're elderly. You're going to do that. She would also take in
0: homeless people or anybody that, like, might have had some kind of mental disability and just fully took advantage of them. Yeah. And this... That runs kind of a parallel with our episode, um, the special topic that I did with the victimization of people with disabilities. Right. Yes. Yes, exactly. It's people, evil people are out there that just pray. They know who's vulnerable and they take advantage of that. And it's horrific.
1: I am not like a spooky, I think the devil's out here trying to get everybody kind of person. But I honestly think... They Like, those people can't be human. Like, I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you look at someone and cause them that harm and be like, I can register in my brain what's happening to you and how that feels. But that's okay. I want your money. Mm-hmm. How the fuck do you do that? hmm Ugh. So, um, Dorothea Puente is, a a wonderful example of this. So, they are acquaintances. There is that relationship, but it's not deep. And they're not friends. They're not family. There's nothing more. She's more, more like a landlord, if
0: anything. Right. She's not... Offering them, like, round-the-clock care, like a nurse sort of relationship. But she knows them enough to get them, you know, whatever paperwork they sign. And they know her enough. You know, they eat food and they have dinner together and they do whatever. And then... she's the nice
1: lady that's letting them stay there. And then they don't leave the house. Right. And And uh, no
0: one one asks a lot of questions until much later.
1: Yeah, I think it was a random fisherman who found one of the bodies in the river and decided to open up, like, whatever the barrel was that they were killed in and actually it's a really good segue here from Dorothy Puente because we were talking a little bit about the method and women are statistically so much more likely to kill with methods I don't know of death that aren't as quote-unquote messy yeah not as gruesome in that way so with that I mean you know, arsenic, poison, that kind of thing where... Giggling granny. Giggling granny. Ayo. You don't have to clean up a lot. Mm-hmm. You have to clean up the body, but you don't have to clean up a lot of extra mess. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, it's kind of easy to dissociate from that, I think, because you're not seeing it. You're not doing a lot of hands-on work. It's maybe, a you know, you're lacing a drink or a syringe or something, but you're not, like, fighting them. You're not pulling hair any of that kind of thing so it takes a lot less physical strength required so that's not a necessity to have to get that crime done
0: there's this saying that it's like if if a man is going to kill you you're more likely to be able to talk out talk yourself out of that appeal to a sensitive side make yourself human in his eyes talk about your family about your loved ones about the people that love you and you might actually be released if a woman has taken you or wants to kill you you are already dead the idea that women are okay with playing the long game yeah we will poison over time we will yep. lace certain things. So if I want to kill Abby, mm-hmm. she's already dead.
1: Yeah. No, I won't. I won't know that you want to kill me until I'm dead. But keep drinking the tea I made you. It's really no, good. It's so good. Yeah. Um. definitely not stressed about the food that you brought me tonight. Now. Nope. Uh, <laughs> and, you, and you shouldn't be. So why do women kill? I did find an article that I read through. And basically one of the studies that Kelleher and Kelleher did in 1998. It's linked. I promise. Um, Found that greed, jealousy, self-defense, revenge, or psychopathy are the five main reasons that women kill. Mm -hmm. And, duh. I mean, like, no offense, but, duh, right? Covers them all. Greed? Okay, I want money. That's uh, Nancy Brophy. Uh, Jealousy? That's uh, Shauna... Nelson. Nelson, thank you. Um, Self-defense? Honestly, I think that just could be anybody. It could be Eileen Warnose, at least in the first couple. Yeah, fair. Um, revenge. I mean I don't know if Catherine Knight is quote unquote revenge, but she had a pretty shit relationship with quite a few of those people. Well, I would
0: say the giggling granny, at least for the one that assaulted her. I mean Yeah. But see the thing is is that might have been a contributing factor, but she'd already killed eight other people. That yeah. that wasn't the reason she killed
1: him. Well, and also that's the thing. None of these are mutually exclusive. Yeah, it Shauna Nelson fits into that too
0: yeah with feeling like you know she's jealous over the fact that she's no longer able to meet with her affair partner but she right. also wants revenge because she sees her as the reason that she can't do that anymore
1: right like heather is the problem the only so, o- um, yeah the only
0: reason we're not together is because you took him back yeah you took him away
1: from You're me gonna let your wife stand between us I thought yeah. you had morals <laughs> <laughs> horrible and then of course psychopathy we can think of andrea yates and the five babies in the bathtub so A lot of this makes sense, and while not all female killers are serial killers, I did just want to share more of that profile that I was talking about earlier that I read, because I thought that was also really interesting. So over the time of looking at female killers, some psychology professors, and specifically forensic psychology professors, have been looking at it and found that frequently female serial killers are in middle to upper class, which... Mm -hmm checks out um you might have the means to be able to play the long game right and especially historically when we think about women's role in society you for a really long time were dependent on men for at least your financial security in a lot of situations Mm -hmm. so the fact that they could live and do that and like still have a life that they deemed comfortable enough that it was worth still killing their partner That makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. And in a similar vein, frequently these women also had higher education. And again, historically, this pretty much just refers to college education, anything past high school. But even as we start to get closer to modern day, that includes some master's work, some postgraduate degrees. But we're really focused on that like post high school education.
0: Or at least at the very least graduating high school.
1: Right. When there wasn't the demand for that yes exactly so historically that as well um and also i think it's just fascinating because again as we go through this 60 percent of women have intimate relationships with their victims that you know 60 percent of women that are violent offenders and killing people (laughs) right i don't want to say that's all women right 60 percent of the population we're talking about right and that's just a lot like I know that we always say it's someone, you know, but in my head, I always think it's someone I know that's a friend or an acquaintance. Like I never think intimate partner, or family mm-hmm. member, because I don't think like that. Like, I, I don't know. I'm not going to keep someone close to me that I want to rip their hair out if they look at me wrong or if they don't floss the freaking corn out of their teeth. Like I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> that's a warning. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but so after reading All of that, I just thought it was, I don't know, fascinating that we see still 32% of those as acquaintances, um, which is, you know, like a third. So what happens when a woman is caught? And this is kind of the last thing I really wanted to touch on as this sort of overview of female killers. Um, First of all, yay for catching the crazies. And I mean that with all the love and respect, (laughs) but yay. Um, And second of all, we don't like it. Um. (laughs)
0: yay you shouldn't have done that please don't do that again
1: yes and so there's sort of this dichotomy that Allie and I have talked about before with being the quote unquote fairer sex Mm -hmm. and how that either really works for you or really works against you in court and there's no middle ground no there is never an in between here so the whole idea and this notion that women are nurturing and maternal and like fairer and delicate and dainty and all of this either it really triggers those mommy issues and they're like fuck you you're not allowed to do that kind of like a casey anthony where they're like oh my gosh no way can't stand it can't do it no chance in hell or they're like oh sweet baby angel it's okay you didn't mean to murder eight of your husband or there's no way that you're capable of that so even with
0: all the evidence we're still going to choose to find you Not guilty.
1: Yes. Or guilty to a lesser extent. So like manslaughter instead of murder, that kind of thing. Um, So this might actually be more Casey Anthony than the first one. Um, I feel like maybe this was a result of me being in college at the time that a lot of this became big and popular with the Casey Anthony case. But I heard a lot of people that were really convinced that she did it, even though she was acquitted. Mm -hmm. And so... You know, a lot of people really thought that she was guilty and honestly, other than those twelve
0: jurors, it seems like the rest of the world thought that she did it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so apparently those twelve <laughs> jurors really were finding her f- the fairest sex of them all, I guess. Mm-hmm. but it's that kind of whole notion that it it doesn't matter what other people think. you're either entirely guilty or no way in hell. sweet baby angel couldn't. And so a theory that is sort of passed around in criminology is the chivalry theory. And that basically is just in words what we're saying. We tend to be more lenient on women that we see in the courtroom or much more harsh. Um, and frequently when we look at this, it is more lenient because, you know, everybody's got a mom and a grandma and, you know, their little sister and oh the big cheeks and the big eyes and they're so cute and they just pull at your heartstrings. And look, I get it. I get it. But maybe let's. But some women are evil. Yeah, some of them just suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that is definitely something to be looked at. And I think when we go through cases like this, it is worth noting internally. I mean, at least for me, and I encourage anybody listening to do the same if you're having a really strong reaction, is this part of it? Is it because they're a woman or is it because what they're doing sucks or you genuinely don't believe that they did it? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just worth, you know, noting that potential implicit bias that you could be going off of because it's psychologically sound. Of course we're going to do this. This is evolution. We have to have women. We need women to procreate. We need women for babies. Like, we are designed to love women. So. Mm -hmm. You know, just worth a little self-check there. Um, But that is most of it. I do have some quick facts on violent female offenders if you want them. I would would really want them. Thank you. Little fun facts, but then we're probably going to wrap it up. Mm -hmm. Um, So juvenile females offend actually at twice the rate per capita. So like two times the amount of children offend compared to the adults with that population. So just very interesting there. So there's more violent juvenile women than adult women. Right. That makes some good theory sense because we also know that many more juveniles commit offenses than adults. And so, you know, as you quote unquote age out of that and that whole theory that as you get older and you have more to lose, you're far less motivated to risk that you're going to see less people offending. And so that percentage of violent women in that number is going to go down as well. hmm. And also, like, haven't you ever been in middle school? Didn't you ever just want to, like, rip someone's hair out in middle school? Mm-hmm. Middle school sucked. I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> and it, again, gets, it gets better. Yeah. It's not juveniles killing. It's just violent female juveniles. Um, and then an estimated 28% of violent offenders that are women are juveniles. So that's like a quarter. Mm-hmm. That's It just feels like a lot to me. It's no, so it's big. It's a third. Yeah. um, Women offend violent crimes at a rate of less than one sixth that men do. I see that. Yeah. 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 That's shitty. hmm. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, this one actually fascinated me because I haven't really looked a whole lot into it. But 40 percent of women roughly who commit violent offenses are intoxicated. I believe that, too. I do. I feel like it's kind of a bar fight syndrome deal. Could I don't be. know that that's a real syndrome. I'm just making that <laughs> up. But um, I could see that playing a role. I just have never really thought about it. Like for me. And see, it, I'm
0: picturing the wine glass. Uh, well, you're yeah. picturing
1: the beer. Interesting. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Wine doesn't, wine makes me giggly and tired. I don't really feel like I'd be Everything. violent after that. Everything makes me giggly and tired. I guess same. So, uh, well, anyway, I I don't know. I just never really pictured in my head because we do talk about, like, you know, women can play the long game. They can be that cunning and, like, Mm -hmm. underhanded and slighted and meticulous. I don't really ever in my head picture that going hand in hand with intoxication but i guess it makes sense
0: because it seems like you need to be so clear-headed to do to play that long game and to poison over time or put that in the food and not drink it yourself or eat Uh, it yourself and
1: but maybe that's just because we're not killers yeah i don't know like some of this for me i'm like this makes complete logical sense to me you could never do that why would you and then i'm like well they got caught and also i don't want to hurt people like that so i don't know how you think when that's the mm-hmm. end goal i don't know maybe they get pissed and they're like I just need a freaking glass of wine until this thing is over who knows maybe <laughs> maybe but four and ten that's a lot that's a lot so that was just my little overview on female killers celeste i hope i did you proud um if
0: you want a deeper dive into the kinds like like a deeper dive into okay these are the kinds of offenses that women commit like the kinds of poisoning yes deeper dives into examples of that i love that this was like a overview of all of that with some examples because that really puts it in perspective but we could also do like a typo like a victim typology we've we've wanted to do that we want to know what you guys want to
1: hear and let us know well and when it comes to the cj stuff again Allie and i are freaking dorks we love it Um, and that's why I start with the overview. It's why we started with the overview too. when we did the organized versus disorganized. Like we want to know what you're interested in before we go giving you eight hours of content on it at myself. Um, so, so, uh, just let us know. And also, oh, watch the act. It's good. That, uh, actress in there. I forget her name. Joey King. Yes. She's excellent. She's so good. She's excellent. I will be honest, after I watched this, it ruined her for me. Oh. Um, Not because it was bad. She did a fabulous job, but she almost did too good of a job where I was like, how do I look at you (laughs) as anything else now? Well, and she really did resemble her. I mean, obviously the
0: makeup and the hair and whatever, and I think she really did shave her head in it and everything. Yeah, She fully looked
1: the part of a young girl. Yeah, and also, like, I have this personal thing. And again, if you know, you're Gypsy Rose and you're being told that you have the mind of a seven-year-old and all that your whole life, you probably are going to talk extra high. But I have like a personal thing with people who talk in fake high pitches. Mm. I don't, it's like a fake night. It just really rubs me the wrong way. I think that's probably why I moved to the East Coast. <laughs> um, I don't do fake nights well. I'm really bad at it. And so when people are like, oh, sweetie, hey, hun," i I'm like, get out. <laughs> what do you want? what are you doing and so i think the mix of the perfect resemblance and also the high voice just made me like oh you did such a good job but i can't watch you anymore you must really be like that Uh, no i know she's not like that but she did
0: she did an excellent job with that part she she did she did it well and even if you watch the interviews with the real gypsy rose there's Mm -hmm. a lot i mean there's a lot of parallels there it's just it,
1: it was very well done it was and also hell yeah watch some more of those interviews with Actual Gypsy Rose, because fascinating.
0: And do your own compare and contrast, and then someday we will actually do the full uh, case in I'm depth. I'm so
1: excited to do that. But you guys, if I do that one, you know it's going to be a ridiculous amount of parts. So um, <laughs> hopefully not eight, but it might be like four. It won't be eight parts. I don't, I don't think know. there's
0: enough on that to do eight parts. No. John Bonet was a niche of mine. So <laughs> uh, we get so many messages of people going back and re-listening to it because they thought it was so good and in-depth so well, nice
1: job girl uh, thanks it was very it's very sweet of everybody to be so supportive of my weird hyper fixations but um i also feel like for uh, the john bonnet series just has a place in my heart because like that little girl deserves so much love and respect and honor when going over the details of this awful awful crime mm-hmm. that people glaze over because once again she's just been exploited for money her entire existence so before I get down that rabbit hole, um, I know <laughs> I am just gonna take a quick look at my clock. We're gonna pop some NyQuil, you guys, and we'll talk to you Thursday. But it looks like that was about a time, time for a true crime. crime. Good night. Bye. Bye.